Greetings, horror fans. This is Dr. Gulia, your host for the night. Do you crave the latest news in the world of horror and other cinema? Do you want to hear about the most terrifying and thrilling movies, shows, books, comics, and games? Do you want the scoop on the hottest rumors, interviews, and reviews? Then you need to tune into The Horror Report, presented by the Movie Pit Podcast. The Horror Report is a podcast that covers everything that makes your skin crawl and your blood boil. From slashers to zombies, from vampires to aliens, from demons to ghosts. The Horror Report has it all. The Horror Report is hosted by me, Dr. Gulia. Horror aficionado, I know how to keep you on the edge of your seats. I deliver the news with wit, humor, and insight. I always have a surprise or two up my sleeve. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. The Horror Report is a podcast that gives you the chills, the thrills, and the kills. So what are you waiting for? Go listen to The Horror Report today on the main feed at the Movie Pit Podcast and tell them Dr. Gulia say you. Podcast you are about to listen to will contain detailed plot spoilers. If you do not wish to have the movie ruined for you, I recommend turning your podcast off now. Also, the podcast will contain graphic and explicit language. If you don't think your ears can handle it, turn the podcast off and go change your tempo. You have been warned. Welcome to the Movie Pity Podcast, presented by RMJ Media. Welcome back to the Movie Pit. This is your host, Ryan, and joined again, Seth. Howdy, y'all. So tonight we're going to be talking about 1988's Night of the Demons. Now, before we jump right into that portion of this, as always, it's, what have you been watching this week? Uh, so I've been watching, I, I definitely watched the new Hellraiser. Um, I know that you haven't finished it all the way, but I'm really waiting for you to hurry up and finish because I want to talk to you about it. Um, and I don't want to talk too much more about that. Oh, I completely understand. Um, I started watching Gandhi, and it's three hours long, and I, I fell asleep halfway through. But from what I've seen before or so far, it's, it's awesome. I, You're going for the long-ass ones. Last week it was Return of the King. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I want to sit down. Well, it's a classic, and oh, yeah. I've never seen it before. Ben Kingsley's fucking amazing. Oh, it? my gosh. The portrayal. I, I just don't think I could stop being Gandhi if I was the guy that played the character. I think I would just keep being yeah. like, at home and around my friends and family. It's like, I'm Gandhi. That's I just played him. Did you not see me for three hours? I was Gandhi, dude. That's <laughs> so. Anything else? Um. Let's see here. I watched Elysium, which was really good. Oh, badass. yeah. We talked about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed that one quite a bit. I started watching Hunt for Red October, but unfortunately, I passed out on that one, too. Um, I watched Apostle, which was a pretty damn good. Well, it was all right. It was just kind of more creepy than anything else. Um, and then I watched uh, The Gray Man with uh, Gosling, and that shit was 
That shit was badass. I definitely recommend people see that one. Oh. So, what about you? Well, I did end up finish watching the Dahmer show on Netflix, and that is definitely worth the. It's ten ten episodes. It's definitely worth the watch. The Evan Peters portrayal of fucking Dahmer just gets under your skin. But the fact that the perspective that it's told through was a unique way of going about it, where it's coming from his family and the uh, victims' families. It's all from their perspective. All right. Um, The kid in me had to watch Hocus Pocus (laughs) 2. I remember seeing that in theaters when 93, when it came out. So I I had to see a sequel. How how they were going to pull it off almost fucking... 40 some pretty much 40 years later and so it is like a sequel it's not like a reboot or a rematching oh, or a redo yep they got the original three back to play the sanderson sisters nice. and they did a lot of de-aging on them yeah, i was gonna <laughs> say a cgi has a magical one yeah um <laughs> but yeah it was a decent flick for what it was and if you have disney plus there's worse ways you can spend an hour and a half that's fair rewatch terrifier uh about Art the Clown with uh, preparation for Terrifier 2, which is in limited thea- uh, theater runs right now. But um, I do think that's one I want to go back and uh, have you watch because it, it, that's just a batshit fucking crazy movie, and it's okay. really fun to watch. I'm down. But like I said, when your main character is a, guy na- or a character named Art the Clown, <laughs> and he's just a sadistic fuck, like... There's shit in this movie that there's a reason why it never went to theaters the first time because they could not put this in on the big screen. If they did, it would have to be fucking unrated because like the movie is gore, gory as hell. Pretty much just like start to finish, just terror. Yeah, it right. is batshit. All right, batshit. A legit kind of like ripper. Yeah. yeah, there's a scene with a hacksaw that will get under your skin pretty okay, pretty good. Um, I think you showed me a picture of what the clown looks like. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's pretty <laughs> creepy, but uh, I'm down to watch it. Just give it a shot see what it's all about. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think I watched anything else of note. Uh, have you seen previews for anything that's coming out that you're interested in looking at? Actually, sadly enough, I, I try to stay away from trailers. Um, just yeah. because I don't want to have any pre-expectations. I mean, if there's a movie that I'm super into that I'm like, oh, fuck, I gotta, you know, I want to see it really bad. I'll watch the trailer over and over again. But I haven't done that in a while now just because it, it kind of ruins it for you. Because, like, when you see the trailer over and over again and then you realize that the best scenes of the movie oh, yeah. were just the trailer, you're like, oh, fuck, dude. There's so much more to this movie that I was hoping yeah. um, that was going to happen. And no, no, not well, at all. That's like when, uh, I don't know if you saw it, the remake of Pet Cemetery. I saw the original, but I don't think I've, I don't think I've seen it now. The biggest mistake they made with that fucking movie was their trailer. Yeah. They literally give away the twist in the trailer. Oh, dude. Even like, because you've seen the original. Yes. So sorry, this is going to be a spoiler because Uh-oh. it was in the trailer, so I have no issue fucking saying it. Gage gets hit by the truck on the highway in okay. the original. Right. Apparently, they felt bad about killing a fucking child, like a young, young child. So it's the daughter who gets hit by the truck in this one. And that was in the very first trailer that they released for the remake. 
Huh. Completely blowing that whole twist surprise. They're like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, somebody in their advertising department screwed the fucking pooch on that one. I'm like, that should never have been in, in one in any trailer. Never should have been talked about at press junkets or anything. That should have been dead and buried and kept well fucking hidden until the movie came out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they uh, they kind of shit the bed on that one. Oh, fuck yeah, they did. Uh, I did see... I've known about a lot of the Children of the Corn movies. Ooh, Apparently okay. they made one last year that got released under the radar that I haven't heard about, so I'm kind of curious to check that out. But once you go in the fucking Children of the Corn, that's a dark, deep rabbit hole because there's a shit ton of movies. Yeah. There's two remakes. Wow. The original, and then there's e- like a total of 11 movies. Oh, wow. In fucking the- shit, 11? 11 of Children. And this was a fucking th- five-page short story in Night Shift by Stephen King. And they've made fucking 11 movies out of this stupid fucking thing. It's and trust me, if that. you've read the short story... Never, ever should have been turned into a movie. <laughs> He's Never. like, well, let's see what the fuck happens. Yeah. There's a lot of King's work plays nice to a film ad- adaptation. Does not be one of them. This definitely not be one of them. Which is crazy. If you said there's 11, that means, what I mean, for that short-ass story, either they're like, oh, yeah, this is another easy buck, like you said, if it's oh, if yeah, they're literally they're paying for a name. Like, once it got to Children of the Corn 3, it was called Children of the Corn 3 Urban Harvest. So it's no longer even rural. It's in, like, fucking Chicago, the streets of Chicago or New York, fucking urban ghetto. But, yep, they still managed to grow rows of corn out in the middle of the fucking urban city. If you grow them, they will come. So, kind of, yeah. <laughs> uh, I saw the first one. So before we get into Night of the Demons, did you have any... Because I know... I. Don't think I... Sh- yeah, I did share the trailer with you on this one, mm-hmm. didn't I? What do you think just by going by off the trailer? I thought that it was going to be a good time. I was just like, this is everything that I kind of was like waiting for. Because like the classics, we've been kind of cranking through them, and they've been really good and just works of art. And this is a work of uh, art in its own form. And yeah. I, I was super pumped like going into it. <laughs> All right. So with that being said... Let's take a listen to this, and then we'll start talking about it. A full moon. A spooky, deserted mansion. Halloween night. All right, dudes. And it does. Let's party. Ten kids. All they want to do is raise a little hell. Now, as long as they live, they'll wonder what's gotten into them. Night of the Demons. Stigma. Blessed be 
the sinners. For the day of atonement is at hand. Stop looking at me! like one of those flicks you shouldn't see alone, you know? We're at the premiere of the new horrifying thriller, Night of the Demons. Go with some friends. Lots of them. Once the lipstick scene is terrifying as they say. Oh, yeah, it's real scary. Makes me wish I would have parked a little closer to the theater. Night of the Demons, 16-year-old Angela is possessed with party. Yeah, I'd see it again. Maybe in the daytime. Night of the Demons. The party's just begun. So Night of the Demons starts with a group of teenagers who are out celebrating Halloween, one of them wearing a piggy, uh, pig nose mask. This is Stooge, who for no apparent reason decides to show his huge ass off to an elderly man who is slowly going back to his home. The old man swears at the teenagers... Sal is lurking in the shadows and approaches him, scaring him with a fake rap. With the scare, all the items that the old man had fall to the ground. A pretty uh, female teenager, Judy, offers to help the old man, but he scares her away with a torrent of insults. When he is left alone, the old man laughs threateningly and maniacally, saying that all the damn children will be sorry, and he picks up first a red apple and then some Gillette razor blades. Judy re- uh, returns home in anger and slams the door. She asks her mother whether her b- boyfriend has called, and her mother said he didn't. When Jay finally does call, he tells her that they have a change of plans and they are going to a p- uh, party held by a girl named Angela. Judy dislikes Angela, but she finally changes herself and decides to go. Jay tells him that they're going to Hull House while she is undressing. Judy's little brother, Billy, scares her with a monster mask jumping from her closet. He mocks her boobs and goes to unlock the door. Somebody has rung the bell. When he opens it, nobody is there. A side door opens, and once again, it's Sal scaring the boy. Meanwhile, Angela steals a sack full of things from the local convenience store while her friend, sexy bombshell Suzanne, played by Linnea Quigley, distracts the mail shop clerks in a very distracting way. Jay picks Judy up. Stooge causes his two friends, Roger and sensible Helen, who was driving, to blow out a tire. Fortunately, they are already very close to the party. Jay and the car full of partygoers mock the stranded teenagers, and they all eventually arrive at Whole House, which used to be a funeral parlor. Judy, Max... Jay and Franny are the first to arrive, but the place is cold, dark, cloaked in mist, and looks deserted. 
Max mentions that there is a river running underground and that the high wall was built to keep the evil spirits at bay as they can't cross water. Jay wants to hide inside the coffin inside the house to scare the stranded friends when they arrive. When he opens the lid, Sal once again is inside wearing Billy's mask, doing another jump scare. The party begins right away when the batteries on the radio become dead. Angela proposes the seance. When they all concentrate, the mirror's image fades to black. Helen sees the head of a monster. Ellen panics and starts whimpering while the mirror falls to the ground. Nobody can see the monster moving through the house as it comes up from the basement room. Spirit becomes a kind of powdery substance which gets into Suzanne. Angela recognizes the signs of demonic possession, the stance, shunning cold, and unexpected breeze. Suddenly, there was a perfume of roses. Angela said that the house is not haunted from ghosts, but possessed by a demon. Franny and Max want to leave Jay and Judy alone, but she is not in the mood for sex as the house scares her deeply. Meanwhile, Helen and Roger can't find the gate within the wall, which they entered through moments earlier. Helen thinks that they are all already dead and they have all gone to hell. She suddenly disappears and Roger gets scared. The house calls his name, so he locks himself inside the car. Stooge hasn't realized so far that Suzanne has become a demon. Angela is with Sal and she contorts like an animal in heat. Music, music blasts from the radio. Sal tries to leave and comes across Stooge, who takes Sal's place and kisses Angela, who bites off his tongue. Jay finds Suzanne, who is applying makeup to herself as usual, but he says... He wants to go home. Susan's, uh, Suzanne's demon voice argues that he already is home. Jay comes back to Suzanne, who seduces and kills him. Meanwhile, Sal finds Angela burning her hands. Sal tries to run away. Roger wakes up in the car, but he leaves it when he sees the dead body of Helen. Suzanne blinds Jay because he tells, he tells, she tells him to stop staring at her. Monster Stooge attacks Franny and Max, who are doing it in a coffin. Stooge breaks Franny's neck and closes her with, uh, with Max. Angela welcomes Roger back into the house, who bumps into Sal. Monster Stooge tries to get to Judy, but can't. Finally, Sal frees Judy, who hugs him. They run away from Angela and find Suzanne, who is still holding holding on to Jay's dead body, and propose an orgy. Judy reaches rooftop. As Stooge approaches, she has has to go there. Judy finally falls down, where we can see Jay completely dead and falls on top of Roger. Stooge threatens them. When they run away from him, they see Angela, who is also... We also see Sal Romero's tombstone, who died on Halloween that night. They reach the basement and find the vault. Roger proposes to pray, but Judy says she has been praying all night. They get inside the and leave devilish Angela and Stu outside threatening them. They are about to unscrew all the screws on the vault, but Judy has an idea. She creates a flamethrower that gives them the opportunity to run and leave the vault. However, when they are about to pry open the door, Jay appears threatening Judy. Angela and Jay join sides and move menacingly toward them. Roger jumps through the window. 
Judy follows through, and there is no door on the wall. They have to climb it. For Judy, it's a difficult task. So Roger goes first and then tries to pull her over the wall. He finally has to let her go when all the dead people start to uh, walk towards them. Finally, Roger saves her going up the wall again. Just when she is about to give in, all the monsters, including the first one, turn to dust just before the sun rises. When Roger and Judy are dragging their feet back home, it's already the morning of the following day. They go past the house of the old man from the beginning of the film, and he mutters that they are disgusting people who are coming back from a party. The old man picks up his paper and goes back into his home, where his wife has already prepared him his breakfast. He grumbles that there is nothing nice about the day and that the food is not bad. They talk, and the wife said that she's been awake for hours, so she decided to make some homemade apple pie as he bought so many apples. At that moment, the old man stops eating. He feels something strange. His neck is cut open from the inside, and one of the razor blades slides out among a spring of blood. The old man dies a painful death. His wife approaches him and kisses him on the head, wishing him a happy Halloween, and it cuts to black and credits roll. So, what did you think of this movie? I think that this movie should be like everybody's The Christmas Story movie, but for Halloween. I feel like this is something that is like gets you pumped for Halloween, I think. This oh, yeah. is kind of like the let's party. It's it's the party season. Let's let's just the music was un, just from the get-go. Oh yeah, it so starts banging. off with a great fucking score. Every every single song on this was absolutely enjoyable the whole time. It really gave energy to each scene as as it played. I I enjoyed every moment of this film from start to finish. Yeah, and I I like the choice that they made with the opening credits to go like that minimalistic animated style because mm-hmm. it just gives it a gritty uneasiness to it, and it definitely sells what you're getting into. It there's no if ands or buts. You know what you're getting into just from that opening. Credits yeah, they credits. show they're like, look, this is the kind of money that we had for just the opener. <laughs> yeah, um, this this feels like if somebody was like, here you go young aspiring hip you know director in the 80s here's some money to make uh, whatever movie that you want to make uh or maybe like it was a college uh like assignment or something mm. it was just it's i just see like every single bro and just like dude in the 80s being like fuck yeah dude like this is this is the movie because it catered to all of that shit yeah and i like when it jumps right in like it immediately goes into it with you you get introduced to stooge uh stooge roger and helen so you pretty much get an idea of what their characters are from the get-go especially stooge you realize he's gonna be loud a loud obnoxious calling every fucking female a dizzy bitch yeah like you could play a drinking game how many times he calls there was a lot lot of of bitches bitches. (laughs) just bitches in general but and i like the introduction like briefly of the old man because it definitely sets up the ending and the fucking the urban legend of the razor blades and the apples and shit yeah kind of backfiring and getting him and i do like the fact that even sal uh when they're talking about playing uh halloween games and he's like oh, what like bobbing for apples with razor blades in them so that's another Reference. foreshadowing of yeah. what's gonna happen what did you think of the just from the opening scene alone of the acting it 
it was a little brutal. Uh, definitely a little, um, just definitely just like, ooh, okay. There's, and I was like, are, are they acting like this on purpose? Like, because they're supposed to be these like, oh, like goody, like, oh, they, like they're good old folks. You know what I'm saying? Like this girl is just like real yeah. innocent. And, um, well, I guess I'm, I'm talking more about like when they introduce, um, Allison and her boyfriend, like the interaction between them just felt like, like each one of their lines was forced because they were trying to portray you that mean, kind uh, of stereotypical. Judy and her boyfriend? Was it Judy? Yeah, Judy's yeah, Alice the... and Hop, and it's Judy. Yeah, she's dressed up like Alice. Yeah, Alice, Alice or whatever. Yeah, because I, I, well, I wrote her down in my notes as Alice, but then I remember yeah. uh, hearing her name called Judy, but, um, it was, it was definitely like, you could tell that they were just kind of spitting lines back and forth. Um, but again, for anybody that was trying to go above and beyond, they were, I think the acting for them was a lot uh, easier to manage. Yeah. And I, Stooge. I don't think it's a bad thing. All the acting in this movie, I'm not going to say it's bad. It's just extremely over the top. Like, it is exaggerated act, like, overacting. That's what it was, exaggerated. That's the term yeah. I was trying to go for. Yeah, it is so over the fucking top in every line delivery. doesn't matter what character. Like, I think uh, Suzanne, Linnea Quigley, she's probably the most over the top. And uh, I, I think it works for her because, honestly, that's just her style of acting. If you watch any movie with her, She's acting the same way. Like, okay, she that's just is who, one note, one personality. And that it, yeah. That's it. Uh, so when they finally, uh, finally all get to whole house, what do you think of the look of the house, the design? I, I think the first time you see it, I think that's an animation or some kind of drawing. Oh, it's definitely a matte painting. Yeah. Okay. I was, <laughs> I was like that. It doesn't look like a model house to me because I was thinking sometimes that they just like you know make little model homes like uh, kind of like Beetlejuice status, you know, and just yeah. kind of zoom out and make it look as real as possible. But, you know, the house is definitely a very, you know, um, crusty old house that obviously has some, some history to it and it's going to bring some bad juju and kill some motherfuckers. Um, I what I pumped. think is funny is like the house Scooby-Doo that they house. actually shot that at for like the interiors and everything, they didn't do a damn thing to the house. That is how they found it. Oh, so that's a real house? That yeah. Was- like when they for all the interiors, mm-hmm. yeah, that was all a real house that they found, and it, it really looked that way. Oh, bitch! And, and they looked down. Yeah. Now the exterior, not so much. Yeah, like yeah. That one, especially the shot that you're talking about. Um, oh, I thought you, you meant when the demons it. were there and shit, like you know. Oh, that's real too. Yeah. That's all on site. Yeah. They lucked into finding that place. <laughs> now, the scene in the convenience store. Like, how would the clerks not know that she's trying to distract them? It's fucking Halloween for one. And, like, you and I were talking about it while watching. Not a single other person in the store is noticing that Angela's running away with all the fucking shit. Yeah, she's dressed in all black. She's kind of sticking out like a sore thumb, and she's just going through and just just taking everything her little heart can... But you know what, dude? Those, those clerks, they're a bunch of teenager dudes. They don't give a fuck about their job if, you know... If we saw something like that, there's no way in hell you could distract us by any means with anything else. Oh, yeah. Why would you want to? Yeah. (laughs) You get a nice close-up of Linnea's ass in that scene. (laughs) Yeah, that was was very good. And granted, a little later, we see a little more of her, but we'll get to that when we get there. What did you think of the the dynamic between 
Angela and Suzanne. I think they were perfect together. You can definitely tell that they were they they kind of had that best friend vibe that they go out and they do this shit. Mm-hmm. And I'd be willing to bet that they probably dressed like that even if it wasn't Halloween would be my guess just based off their personality styles. Um, their dynamic was amazing. I think they did very awesome throughout the whole entire thing. Yeah. Did you buy that they were all in high school? Uh, <laughs> not even, not even a little bit. I guess that didn't even cross my mind. I, actually, um, yeah, but, the fact that Angela's supposed to be sixteen years old—that <laughs> yeah. wouldn't what make her what, a sophomore. Yeah, no fucking way. No, they. The Nia Quigley minimum had to been fucking thirty when they shot that movie. <laughs> She's like, thanks, makeup. I can keep my age. Well, I know for a fact when uh, she was first asked to do the movie, she turned it down five times because she thought she looked too old to be, play a believable teenager. Oh, damn. And uh, it, it wasn't just her. <laughs> None of them looked like fucking teenagers. Not a damn one of them. Yeah, they. Uh, but they, I, I think that they fit their roles perfectly. Again, with the oh, old yeah. big, I think uh, the exaggeration. Casting was right. Yeah, it really was. Um, God, I just can't get over how how kick ass the soundtrack was. Oh yeah, every song was so fucking great. I spent like when uh, the boombox kicks back on and Angela's doing her fucking crazy. I don't know who that was that recorded that. That's a fucking hell of a bumping song though. Yeah, that song was, and if it fit the the dance and everything and add to the kind of creepiness and how the dude was like slowly getting like even more creeped out as she was going through it. But like I was like, dude, she's She's rocking it right now. Like, that'd be badass to yeah. witness that. Now, when Suzanne gets possessed originally, on first viewing, did you notice it was like a powdery, like, in the wind that went inside of her? Or did... I thought it... it was like... I also like how they filmed that, too. That reminded me of um, Evil Dead. How, like, the evil is just cruising through the woods. Mm-hmm. You're just staring, you know, ripping shit up. But I thought it was a mist... And that's the thing yeah. too is she says they don't they don't ever come in like uh, in the, the physical realm or whatever. But we clearly see the the puppet, the demon puppet, and then it just disappears and then it just starts cruising through. And I thought it was I thought it was a mist that went into her mouth. Yeah, it it very well could be. And even after she was in demon form, that there's like this slight accent that she uses with like her tone or like her over exaggeratedness. Mm-hmm. She you could still hear it even in her like. Trying to be serious, demon voice. Oh yeah, and, it, uh, like when they said uh, the house has been repossessed, and just the way she delivers that for tonight, anyway, mm-hmm. like very over dramatic and very kind of out of place. To be honest, it didn't really fit with the scene. Or did you disagree? I think it it added to the creepiness. I mean, it was over the top, but I think it was kind of meant to be. Um, I I enjoyed it very much. So okay. every aspect of this film, it was just such a like, it got me excited to, like, party, or it got me excited for Halloween. Um, just, yeah, this is definitely one of those films that I watch watch it multiple times a year, but every every October, oh, yeah. This and Night of the Demons 2 are coming out of, coming off the shelf, and we're going to get a good watch through. I'm looking forward to Night of the Demons 2. Now, did you, uh, another small little thing that I honestly didn't notice until this viewing... Um, when you first meet Angela at the convenience store. She's obviously wearing a black wedding dress and all this shit, the veil, but she's very specific earrings that she's wearing. She's wearing silver crosses in each ear. 
after she becomes possessed, the earrings switch to inverted crosses. Oh, nice. Yeah, I don't know if you caught that. I didn't, but a little extra. It's definitely, if you ever uh, go back for a rewatch, look out for that, because literally I've watched this movie every year since I was, every year since 1990, so for a very long fucking time. Never noticed that. This is the first time I've actually fucking noticed that. I'm definitely going to watch this show way more, and I'm going to share this as much uh, as I can as possible. I I just feel like if you were at a Halloween party that this should be playing, like, in the background. Like, that's, I could just picture the scene. Um, you know, all classics, don't get me wrong, like Texas and Halloween, all stuff, you know, you'd think so. But this, to me, just fits the spirit so much. And maybe it's just oh, like yeah. that. And, like, I consider this a diamond in the rough because mm-hmm. not enough people know about the movie. Oh, okay. Because, like... You say Night of the Demons, never heard of it. Yeah. Right. Like, I didn't even, I hadn't seen the first one. I saw the second one first. And because the original was so damn hard to find. Oh, shit. Like, I had back in the day of Suncoast at the mall. Oh, I remember Suncoast. I had a special order this and it waited like fucking six months for it to come in. Totally worth it, though. Oh, fuck yeah. I love the movie. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those that you never found anywhere. Now, granted, the advent of DVD, it be, you were able to find it a little more easier because oh, yeah, re-releasing stuff on yeah. DVD and everything. I've, yeah. <laughs> I've gotten some discs from Amazon or, or maybe Poshmark or you know, that's, I think, Close, like offer up and shit like that where it's like you're getting a DVD set, but you can clearly tell that it was burned and that they just kind of made like oh, the yeah. shit. I could see this movie being kind of one of those. Oh, yeah, this movie would have definitely been bootlegged for a very long time like i've seen uh unrated cuts at conventions and stuff and yeah it's you know what you're getting when you flip that disc over it's gonna be fucking that purple so you know it's a burned dvd but when you go to a convention like that you expect to buy some bootleg shit and that's the fun part of it like i remember going to uh it was whore finds halloween weekend up at Desert Ridge, the Marriott up there. Going through the dealer room, and literally I bought a copy of Resident Evil Apocalypse and Alien vs. Predator. And you knew that these were bootleg as fuck because the movies were still in theaters Yeah. at the time that this convention was going on. <laughs> so, You're like, I'm going to expect some people to be coughing and getting up throughout the yeah, movie. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> a couple babies crying. Yeah. I never really bothered, minded that oh, shit. Oh, no, dude, it was worth it. You get to see it for free, fuck it. Yeah, uh-huh, from home, right? Yeah. <laughs> just from your computer, most likely. Just like, oh, I found this. Let's watch this. That's what I did with uh, Game of Thrones, because I didn't have HBO or whatever. I just, mm. just bootlegged it off the internet. Now, I wish that like, this movie was a shot in a four-week time. They literally made the entire movie in four weeks on a $1.2 million budget. That is actually a decent chunk of change for a film like this at that time. Like when you think about it, hot, what um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that was one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Whoa! This is fourteen years later, one point two million. Uh, I would fuck. I'm because tr- the house I imagine would probably be the most expensive thing, other than like paying the actors or whatever. But I mean, the strobe lights, maybe for the music, uh, if those were all. Uh, 
damn, that's a lot of fucking money. And it was, but maybe they were just like, you know what, let's take that money instead of making it like super high quality, let's make it like above and beyond, like borderline, just like hokey, uh, just like B-film almost. Yeah, and I wish that they would have had more support behind this film because when it originally was released, it was a very limited theatrical run. Okay. They didn't do like a wide release. They released it in this city. Then they took it to this city and released it there. Then took it to this city and released it over there. Mm -hmm. When this movie opened up in Detroit, it opened Thanksgiving weekend. All right. In one theater, this movie over that weekend made $3.1 million. Holy ass, that's crazy. Had they done a full same weekend release elsewhere in all the cities that they did... This movie, the easy opening weekend alone, could have done over $13 million. Fuck. And for an opening weekend on a low-budget yeah. indie horror flick, mm-hmm. that's a hell of a fucking profit right there. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because I was thinking to myself, I was like, okay, if this was like one of his first projects, <laughs> I wonder what, would, what his later shit looks like after he has money. So I guess maybe Night of the Demons 2 will kind of help now Kevin Teeny didn't do the second one. Oh, okay. He only did the first one. Um, he produced the second one, but gave directing to somebody else. Okay, that's fair. Um, I guess he figured, done what I can with this. Let somebody else do something with it. And like I said, the second one is uh, is a good watch. Yeah, it is quite a bit different than this one. Um, it takes place at a catholic prep school so <laughs> it, a, it gets very yeah. interesting very quickly what better place to find demons than at a catholic prep school <laughs> yeah and you will laugh your ass off when we get to that one because having you and me both gone to catholic schools gonna be a lot of relatable will, shit oh yeah be like oh i wanted shit. to see that shit burn <laughs> um <laughs> come on demons light up the church now when angela becomes possessed and i like the way they show that her she's getting possessed where suzanne just grabs her and full-on fucking tongue kisses her ass transferring the demon into her while that's also still keeping the original demon in the original host yeah so it's passing around like little demon herpes so you have suzanne becomes demon first angela next and then angela uh kills Stu by biting his tongue off I did think it was an interesting choice for the three; those three characters were the only ones that were given demon, demon makeup. Yeah, because the other ones just kind of became like zombies. Yeah. Like, that didn't really make sense. I like honestly were... think that it was that makeup that they're like, we're running out of budget, we're running out of money. You all will just do some death makeup on you and you can just <laughs> walk around like... Yeah, and just kind of like slowly just watch it. Yeah. You know, uh, change their face. Where, like, Angela, Suzanne, and Stooge are all fucking running around like fucking crazy-ass demons. The other ones just seem like reanimated corpses. They yeah. move completely differently. They were all slow. Mm-hmm. They weren't really, like, high-functioning. I mean, if were they going full demon? Probably not. They were a little bit more of the, we bitch you. You're kind of like a zombie demon, sort of. You're just here for horror effect. But we're going to go do all the real demon killing. What'd you think of the designs of the demon makeup? Um, well, I haven't really seen any other demon movies, you know, and I think maybe uh, 
well, I mean, I've seen like some modern day ones, but like older, I don't really have a comparison. I mean, that's fair. Again, I, I don't really know what the makeup capabilities were at that time. So based off their budget, I'm like, okay, did they blow a bunch of money on on doing the makeup alone? Like just that that transition was at a high. Well, I can budget. tell you this: Kevin Teeny is primarily before he got into directing, he was a makeup effects guy. So he did all his own makeup effects on the movie as well. Oh shit! Well, then he knows what he's doing. I, I, it was convincing. You know, they were definitely the the demon teeth and the demon eyes. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of help add more to the demonicity. Um, what'd you think about the the first time you saw the actual demon? Like, it had to have been a puppet or some kind of. Yeah, (sighs) it honestly reminded me of what the uh, remember the movie Cruel. Yes. When you finally see the demon at the end of that movie, how terrible it looks and just off-putting it looks. Yeah. That's my only complaint with this movie is that fucking... And don't even explain what the hell it really is. It looks like a fucking giraffe with fucking meat all over it. Yeah, it was like a a dragon-y demon. Honestly, but... Okay, so if the demon, the way that they made that thing in that form is the worst part... You don't think that kind of you were expecting it to look that shitty? Oh, I knew it was going to look oh, shitty. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I had no <laughs> hopes of whatever that thing was. The intro scene is good. just barely, you know, painted-ish kind of shit. That the, I think they were probably just like they painted on a bunch of plywood and just scrolled across it, if you will. Um, and the little animations were good. I don't know. I I thought it was so great. It was a it was a masterpiece in its own. A, a, oh yeah, a is. work of art in its own just genre. Because like Texas. That's a, that's a fucking that's a piece of art. That is a oh, great masterpiece. Well done. That definitely going for tear. This was more like jump scares that weren't really that jump scary, um, but just hot chicks and dumb kids partying and drinking yeah. and just having a good. Like ass this was time. just going for straight up eighties camp. Oh my god, it was so great. <laughs> I, I'm gonna watch the fuck out of this. I know for like sure. This would have been one of those movies back in the early nineties that you have a group of your friends coming over. Friday night for sleep sleepover. Oh yeah, raid the fucking horror section at Blockbuster or Hollywood Video, and this would definitely be one you'd scoop want to scoop up. Yeah, and if you happen to be in stock at the same time, pick up Night of the Demons too to do a double feature. Well, that's the thing too is like you said, not a lot of people have heard about it, but I see this being like a like its own cult classic. Oh, but again, oh now it is okay. Because again, I haven't. Like you and I think I told um, my buddy Kyle about it, and I don't I don't know if he'd heard about it, but he wasn't just like, oh, dude, that movie's badass or anything. Mm. He's just like, have you seen Hellraiser? And I was like, no, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was pumped for Hellraiser. Oh yeah, hella fucking pumped. Uh, what did you think about the scene with uh, Franny and Max? Why the who the fuck would climb in a coffin to fuck? Dude, that would be so uncomfortable. There's, you know, she doesn't have any room. There's, yeah. you know, bend her over the coffin, right? Right, or maybe throw the, yeah. I, that was a good place to die. Then I guess. Oh yeah, you, you saw that writing on the wall pretty yeah. quickly. Or I think just that that position. I, I don't think uh, her on top would really work out. Maybe you know, if they were both lying down, he could have missionary status, but mm. all right. I think it, I, I'd probably fuck in a coffin. Why and I not? love that scene after fucking Stooge breaks her neck. How he just continually slams that coffin lid down on fucking Max's arm until it closes, severing the arm. Because he, Stooge was determined as fuck to close that fucking coffin. <laughs> you know, and after that first smash, I'm pretty sure I would have pulled my arm to my body and been right? like, uh, no, 
and that that kind of was interesting. Some of the deaths were like whatever. Um, I don't I don't see why he would die. I understand uh, by if his not arm treated. Yeah. He'd bleed out, but not that fucking quickly. Maybe from trauma. Yeah, you know not I mean? that quickly though. He Plus, why out. do they get converted into demons out? And because I don't think he actually touched. No, they literally just kill him. He just killed him, and, and then just broke their deaths. Yeah, and so maybe because they're demons, they can resurrect, uh, reanimate bodies to, yeah, to the uh, zombie form. There's something to be said about that, because like in part two. The rules are completely out the window on that front. Like every single person that dies in that movie gets comes back as a fucking demon. Like, okay, not zombie, zombie, like demon, like oh, full <laughs> the, blown. They go fucking balls to the wall. All right, one. yeah, dude. But because with the success of this one, they obviously had a little bit more wiggle room, little bit of a larger budget. Like even the second one stars fucking Ben Stiller's wife. Oh shit! So is it? Uh, was any of the original cast October really? Oh yeah, just uh, Angela, and then also, um, Roger. I think Roger survived too, didn't he? Yep. But the only person from Night of the Demons one that's in Night of the Demons two Angela. is Amelia Kincaid as Angela. Okay. That's literally the only character crossover. Is that the chick that just constantly just stays in the demon uh, movies? So yeah. she didn't really do much after that. It's just like, yeah, no, I'm so the demon like, girl. Like they retcon a bunch of shit in the second one. Mm-hmm. So like Angela has now become the legend of Hull House because oh. of her party. So she's like the Jamie Lee Curtis? Kinda. Yeah. Kinda. But like I said, the second one goes into some really interesting directions. But it, really fun movie to watch. Yeah, I'm uh, excited. Now, not the Demons 3. I'd say take that with a grain of salt, but you actually need to take that with a fucking full salt shaker. That that's a rough one. <laughs> well, I could see it just progressively getting worse because I mean it was amazing in itself, and then I think that they just start. You can milk them out. the teat too much. <laughs> yeah, that that demon teat uh, will get you. I, I would imagine a demon teat would have many spikes, maybe spiders <laughs> crawling, or you know, or maybe that's just where demons keep their 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 lipstick because she definitely placed it right in there like it was a little fanny pack. <laughs> What'd you think of that scene the first time you saw it? I didn't see that coming, bro. <laughs> I thought maybe. How could you see that coming? Right. I was like, maybe she's going to rip her nipple off or something. Because yeah. I was like, they're kind of being a little gruesome with some of the blood scenes. So I, I was just expecting just to see the nipple and then all of a sudden, sure, like rip it off or cut it or pinch it or something. No, no, that shit just goes right the fuck in there and then comes and right back to And I like the fact normal. that she literally puts her finger in there and then like pops it back out. <laughs> like, you just expected to hear that plop sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it like falling out of her pussy or something. Like it just like comes in one, it comes I out the other. I really that you say that. When you watch the remake of this movie, because they have to one-up what they did, that's exactly what happens. Oh, for real? She pushes, because everyone's expecting that damn lipstick lipstick scene in the remake. Mm-hmm. Pushes it right through her nipple, reaches down to her pussy, and pulls it on out. <laughs> wow. So it's funny that you actually predicted that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because like, where else would you go with that if you? I didn't. So they did a remake. When did they do a remake? Uh, 2010, somewhere. Around is there. it like all like 2010y like setting, or is it like a? Yeah, and you got Shannon Elizabeth of American Pie fame as Angela. Oh, I'll say this: the demon design in that movie is god fucking awful. Okay, <laughs> but it's it's a fun movie. But 2010, I mean, everything was I mean, yeah, technology got, and makeup and all that shit was way better. You got her. You got. Uh, one scene where you have Tiffany, uh, Tiffany Shepes, who's 
B horror movie goddess. Okay, good. But you also have Eddie Eddie Furlong mm. is the lead male actor in the movie. Okay. Uh, Whole House is a lot different <laughs> in that version. It's a lot right. nicer, a lot larger. And they pretty much somebody had access to a lot of money <laughs> for that film. And they decided to throw it at a Night of the Demons. Okay. Well, that, I could see that either making or breaking that movie. Well, because that's what I think works about works with the original, is because it's not polished. Right, not at all. It is flat, kind of matte, mm-hmm. and it, it even the film quality doesn't hold up, as you saw with that. It's kind of washed out, yeah, a little faded looking, but it works, especially like when it comes to like the. The strobe light sequences, it really amplifies the graininess of the film. Yeah, it as, does. As well as the, like I said, the the lack of vibrance from anything in the movie. Yeah, for something just as simple as just like a, a, a you know, a, a strobe light um, for the effects. I mean, it, it added so much for it being something so mm. little. Um, I love that scene. The music to that, which the dance, just. And just when they're when they're all rocking, it's just like let's get this party started. I, I don't know. I love music. <laughs> so uh, for this recording, you watched that movie twice this week. Second viewing, better, same. Um, I think it was better because the audio in it isn't like super crisp. So some of the shit that they were saying, I didn't really catch the first time. Yeah, you time. do catch some yeah. lines of dialogue mm-hmm. over so, rewatches. Yeah. So that definitely helps. But I was, I was looking forward to it. Like, uh, we watch it on Thursday, Thursday. And it's only been a couple of days. I was, I was pretty excited about it. Was there anything on the second rewatch that you had forgotten from the first watch? Um, Oh, the I did finally realize or notice when Helen dies, right? So they see she sees herself die in the mirror, um, and then all of a sudden um, Roger actually sees her die for real. Mm-hmm. But I, I there's no real explanation. I caught it the second time. It's just like, uh, where did she come from? Did she jump from the house? Did she get chucked from the house? Um, Are they implying that Stooge? tossed her from the second floor yeah he could totally just chuck her like she was fucking nothing i was kind of expecting stooge to have a little more one-liners and as demon form because he mm. was already above and beyond i could i was just kind of wait for some more like maybe demon or hell puns or something well, um she did bite out his tongue so we wouldn't be saying too much yeah or still drinking beer you know <laughs> even in demon form we got that would have been cool that would have been yeah. <laughs> or he still had the boom box with him and a beer <laughs> just doing his thing ironically I think Stooge is one of my favorite characters in the movie. Yeah. I just, his zero fucks given attitude, doesn't give a shit about anybody, not politically correct at all. Yeah, do you think he would have vibed with the little brother? Oh, yeah. They would have kicked it. They (laughs) definitely would have kicked it. But they probably would have got on each other's nerves because too much, like if you're too similar, you're going to butt heads. And the little brother did come off as a younger Stooge. Pretty much, yeah. Like, that was... Stooge is your future young <laughs> little man. <laughs> Night of the Demons 2 just cuts the little brother getting, like, just completely murdered first. 
like I said, I really wish they would have found a found a way to write that kid in where he would have got fucking killed. He's annoying as hell. At least Stooge is likable. Right, or maybe he's like over at the old man's house, and they're both eating uh, this apple pie that just happens to be riddled with razor blades. I love how just loving the wife is. Like she knew like what was so going nonchalant on. about uh-huh. it. Like maybe she had some demon in her too. She just knew about it. Like I want to know if uh, she knew about the razor blades and the apples before she started making the pie. I like to think so because she didn't have any reaction to him dying. I think. It was oh no! Like, all she did was kiss him on the head and said, "Happy Halloween, honey." Yeah, I think it was premeditated <laughs> for sure. She was in on it. She's like, "Yeah, I'm down to kill these kids, but you know what? If my husband uh, gets it too, you know, it's a that's a double win." And I like the effect of the uh, the razor blades coming through coming the neck. through the neck. Yeah, that was sick. Like the first time I remember seeing that movie, I didn't re- realize they were razor blades. I never made the connection from the beginning of the movie. Until later, because on the VHS copy that I saw, it was it was pretty beat up. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't clear. It wasn't until I got it on DVD, and you could see the shininess of the razor blade coming Coming through. through. I'm like, okay, that makes a lot more sense now. Why is apples just like... I literally thought maybe she had baked acid into the pie or some shit like that. uh, Because that's what it looked like on the old VHS that I had. (laughs) Literally 10 years having watched this movie, of having watched the movie, I didn't realize it was razor blades. I have no idea what I'm looking at. I just know the guy dies. Yeah, in a grotesque fucking fashion. Yeah, I didn't catch um, that he was making, you know, the razor blade apples. I thought it was a demon coming out of, like, that's what I was expecting. Like, like I was expecting, like, demon claws or something to come out for some reason. But then when you put together, he had the razor blades that he dropped with the apples. And that's what he was talking about in the beginning. And then that ends up being his own demise. Uh, I love the irony. Woot, woot. Uh, but I had no idea. I was like, what the fuck? Razor blades. Now, now, I have to do some research because I don't know if there's any validity in the lore but the de- the fact that demons can't walk past running water? Yeah. That sounds a little fucking gay to me. Unless it's like blessed water or holy water or something, but just That your... would make sense, but a underground stream, that's what stops a demon. So they could just bust it out a hose and just been like fuck yep. off demons. Run it in front of you. Yeah, <laughs> got a circle of water protection. Yeah, that was interesting. They're just making shit up. I, you know what? I think the one kid uh, that was the boyfriend, the kid that actually tells the story about the house and like the the Native American guy who gets lost mm-hmm. or whatever. I think that guy, his acting was actually really good. He uh, felt very the guy natural. Who Max. Uh, yeah, Max. That's it. He was very very natural with mm-hmm. all of his his lines. Um, he, he was, was definitely good. the most well rounded out of all the actors. Mm-hmm. Now Franny, I could tell all her dialogue was overdubbed like yeah. completely redubbed because it did not look like those words were coming out of her mouth anytime she fucking talked no she just had the demon and she had the voice of a goddamn chipmunk and that is a pet peeve of mine in horror flicks oh and they dub you over have a, not dubbing over annoying voices like all the females in this except for angela and suzanne they all have high screechy fucking voices and i think we talked about it uh, the first time we watched it for this, Judy is fucking Franklin. She a hundred percent is Franklin, and you want her to die. Yeah, she is like she's your one of the death only motivator. People that survive. Mm-hmm. But she is literally bitching from start to finish, literally. 
Plus, she's a super square, and you're just like, oh, come on, oh, yeah. you're square. The fact that, like, her accomplishment was being able to light the lighter, you know, and granted, she cooked some demons. That was tight, but... And I want to know how she managed to pull that fucking pipe out comically that fucking far, because it would be stationary in there. It's a goddamn crematory furnace. You would not just be able to pull it and just extend the fucking thing out the wall. <laughs> it's like yeah. something you'd see a fucking SNL. She's or Looney like Tunes. Pulling on a lot. Uh, I, I, hey, uh, I need some extra I need some extra slack here to cook these demons, please. Uh, it was a pain in the ass to rip this thing off the wall, but the moment I got it off, I would just... It was a slinky. Not to mention, that room wasn't that big. With how long it took her to get that shit lit, that room would be filled up with quite a bit of gas before oh, the ladder came on. Oh, and her hands might have burned on the pipe, too, because yeah. it was just kind of cooking like that. Well, it's burning off the fumes, though, but I imagine that the... But yeah, you're still in a room that you've just been releasing gas into trying to get this thing to fucking light. So that's just going to be a big fucking explosion. <laughs> nope. It, it was. <laughs> it, it absolutely would have been. Good. They're like, no, no, no. This this is like, everybody knows when it shoots out of a tube, it just goes in a straight circle like a hose. Gas, <coughs> gas moves just in the same way. Right. Not out into a very explosive death for everybody. I loved it. I am very stoked I saw that. And I'm glad that, like, the way as you're releasing them, like, we're kind of getting... I think we're doing a really good mix of, like, here's, like, a classic classic you gotta yeah. see, and then here's something fucking off, you know, fucked up, and then here's, like, another classic, and then it's just like, okay, now this is just, like, party fun, but you have to see it kind oh, of thing. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, this is the movie that I showed at 90% of my Halloween parties. Yeah. And we'll, we'll Always had it on in the background. Yeah. And, you know, you are who you hang out with. So, like, I'm imagining you got a lot of positive feedback. I don't, yeah, okay. I don't know if I could anybody. I don't know if I could see myself meeting somebody that, like, dude, that movie was fucking trash. But, like, dude, how could you think this is trash? This was gold, dude. It was yeah, it's, gold. it's not meant to be taken seriously. It's meant to have a good time. That mm-hmm. is all it's meant to do. Yeah. We could cosplay. For this one, and I would all, all zombie demoned out. Yeah, I remember at uh, Fangoria's Weekend of Horrors, it, this was, I believe, 2004. So, f- 15 plus years after this movie was made, there was people at the conventions cos- cosplaying as Stooge, yeah. Angela. There was a bunch of fucking Angelas. Good. But, so this movie is in the zeitgeist, but... Only amongst the horror community for the most part. Yeah, and that's the thing is like I've I've been watching movies for an extended period of time, but not like like you know when you you dig, you know, or maybe just hear word of mouth. I feel like this kind of might have been one of those like word of mouths because it wasn't really advertised. Oh, it was definitely I've word of mouth. Never heard anybody talk about it <coughs> by any means or like no references to it or nothing. Because literally, how I discovered this movie is five o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. Waking up early, turning on the TV back when Showtime, like my dad had this huge fucking satellite dish that got every premium channel for free. Flipping through and just happened to come across the very opening sequence of uh, Night of the Demons 2. And that was the hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. I'm like, that movie was fucking crazy. And that was part two. I have to find part one. And that, it took me about two two three years to track that one down yeah but it was definitely worth the wait well so like you saw the second one which you said is completely different uh from the first one in like certain aspects Mm -hmm. when you when you kind of like reverse time travel to the first one did you feel like 
the second one did a good job of kind of like respecting you know the first oh, one. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like the first one is is dark, gritty, mm-hmm. grimy. Second one's quite a bit more polished, but still holds the low that low budget feel to it, mm-hmm. and it go does tend to lean a little bit more into comedy, which right. isn't a bad thing with when you're thinking campy horror movies. Because campy horror movies, yeah, you can you can throw humor in there. Yeah. Some levity. You don't have to be 100% serious all the damn time. I think it, it really adds to the film itself. I, I've heard some people argue that trying to put comedy in horror films is a super bad idea. Because it's, for the most part, generally not good comedy but at the same time i if the movie itself isn't really going to be good mm-hmm. like why not just throw in some really shitty jokes right well yeah case in point and we ironically we will have to go back to them because we i keep bringing them up in these podcasts um hatchet is a perfect example of mixing horror and comedy because you, you saw the fourth one victor Corrales. i did i was kind of half drunk though when i seen this so i need to watch it there's again. a lot of humor yeah. In all the Hatchet movies. Like, I think it's Hatchet 3. There's a scene where a couple's in the woods. He's fucking her from behind. Unbeknownst to her, Victor Crowley had showed up and cut his head off. And you literally see this fucking body just going to town without a head and blood spurting out. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Oh, like I said, there's nothing better than the old 80s camp movies. Because they were just ridiculous as hell. But the ridiculousness of them is what made them fun. What made them enjoyable and what made them memorable. And I think uh, I could see them progressively just trying to go so much more over the top with the excessive gore, the excessive nudity. Oh, they definitely get more gory. gory. Yeah, and probably just like over the top kills or deaths or murders. You know, just how far can we push this shit? Uh, with it being just still shitty, and it's an '80s film, guys. Let's just let's just roll with it. Let's roll with what we got. Yeah. Like Halloween was on cocaine twenty four seven. Right. <laughs> so obviously this was an enjoyable watch. Um, a scale of one to five, what would you give it? Oh, hundred uh, percent. Five being the best. Yep. Oh yeah, five all, all day. Well, straight I, up. I mean, I, I just because it it brought me so much joy. Yeah, it, you know what I mean. You just have a smile on your face yeah, from like, start to finish. It's like a feel good, a yeah. feel good horror film. <laughs> just because it it was, and again, it was so original for to me. Just uh, something be so hokey but so serious at the same time. Yeah. And they did a good job with the movie, right? Oh like, yeah. Overall, they... it was it was wonderful. The acting was that what it is what it is, but. I absolutely want more people to see this movie if they have it. I, I want like merch and shit now from it. I want I'm down to get a poster and, and re- represent this shit. And I actually have to agree with you. I give it a solid five. Now some people might think that's sacrilege, considering I gave Texas Chainsaw Massacre three point five. I'm like, it's two different two different types of movies though. Yeah. Two completely different types of movies. Well, I enjoyed this movie. I didn't enjoy Texas Chainsaw, the new one, right? I mean, yeah. so that's that's where my biasness comes from. That's like, th- yep. You know, I mean, if you, okay, if you're gonna justify the fact that with special effects in the new Texas Chainsaw, it was absolutely great, right? But just in that only aspect alone, everything else, it it wouldn't feel original. It didn't feel 
like you know it i wasn't trying to i wasn't following along as much as maybe i should have this was just unpredictable over the top ridiculousness and i like that goofy style maybe that's just me yeah um i this this was a work of art the new chainsaw was not a work of art no, no not a masterpiece not by any stretch of the imagination. Like you said, they used the name and they fucking made a film. The bus scene was the dopest scene. Other than that, I, w- I would only watch that part of that movie over again and over again. Ooh. And that's the only thing I'd ever. Yeah. And with this one, I could rewatch it. Oh, yeah. Endlessly. I was looking forward to watching it a second time. You know what I mean? I was yeah. pumped. That's a sign of a, That's actually a good sign of a good movie. Yeah. That actually tells, tells you quite a bit. Before we wrap this up, I don't think this movie would have done and had as much of a cult following these are if they used the original title of the script they had two original titles for this movie it was going to be halloween party okay that's very fucking original and the second one demon boogie oh so do you think they made the right choice of changing the name the Night of the Demons? Oh, 100%. I mean, I could see where they were trying to come from. I mean, Demon Boogie, uh, you know, there's a lot of dancing and then the music is pretty badass. But that, no, Night of the Demons is way better, 110%. Because yeah, it, it literally just, you automatically connect it with Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. Night of the Demons, Night of the Living Dead. Right. Night of the Comet. Any of the classic fucking horror movies that have Night of the in front of it. And I think they also switched it to Night of the Demons because the character of Sal, when you see him uh, after he's dead and you see his tombstone at the end, it says Sal Romero. Night of Living Dead was written and directed by George A. Romero. Mm. So that was their nod. Paying tribute. Paying tribute to George Romero and his zombie classic. Yeah. And this is a demon classic. I consider this, hands down, a classic now. No ifs, ands, or buts about that. I think that if they had done, like, Demon Boogie, it would have been taken... I mean, not not to say it's, it was meant to be taken seriously, uh, um, but I think just, like, Demon, demon Boogie would have been... They would have got... It's less intriguing. Night of the Demon sounds badass. Yeah. You know, like, I was expecting it to be probably, like, a little scarier uh, in the sense of just, like, when mm. you first hear, like, Night of the Demon, I'm like, all right. But then you hear it's made in the 80s, and you're like, eh, how, how fucking scary can I get this with the yeah. 80s? Um, yeah, what do we want to do next? I, we have to do 2022 Hellraiser. Okay. We're definitely covering that one. Okay, cool, because I definitely want to watch it again. Mm. Um and then it is October, so I remember last time you said we got to dive into the Halloween series. Oh, we're so. going to do a four-week dive. Okay. We're going to do 78, 2018, last year's, and then we're going to end with this year's. And the new one comes out like this, in a on Halloween? A couple weeks. Okay. Yep. Cool. I'm stoked about that. Um, the Halloween films have been around for so fucking long, and I haven't given them the respect that they you know, owe or owed to sit down and watch them. I like Jamie Lee Curtis. She doesn't bother me too much. Um, and, you know, everybody's afraid of Shatner's face. So I can get where she's coming from. Now it's finally... Because my same, my same buddy that was trying to get me to watch um, Creepshow and um, Texas Chainsaw, uh-huh. uh, he he would just, just go, like, nonstop about this. 
these damn movies, these Halloween movies as well. He was super into them. And Mike Myers also, or uh, it's not Mike Myers. Michael Myers. It was Michael Myers, right? Uh, and he would just like go on and on about it. So, Mike Myers is Austin Powers. Austin Powers. <laughs> um, and so he just kept going on and on. So I should have listened to him back then, and now it's finally time to pay the respects and what's nice with the halloween franchise is they hold up yeah they doesn't matter that it was made 1978 just like this movie i think this movie still holds up if you have a well-made film even if you don't have a lot of money because halloween only had i think two hundred and fifty thousand dollar budget okay and it was the highest grossing independent movie for over 30 years Okay. In the box office. When you take a premise such as, and again, I don't know too much about it, but when you take whatever premise that is and you're able to keep running with it, mm-hmm. that's that's a masterpiece in itself. Oh, yeah. I do think some of the sequels, they were just beating a dead horse. And again, the paycheck, paycheck, paycheck. Yeah. Cash in on a name, cash in on a name. <laughs> uh, so with that being said, let's go ahead and wrap it up for this weekend. Uh, we will talk again next week on 2022's Hellraiser. Anything else you would like to say? No, thank you guys. Um, Keep trucking. Thank you for listening, and as always, till next time, kiddies. Thank you for listening to this We hope you have enjoyed your time. Come back to the Movie Pit Podcast each week for a new movie review podcast. The Movie Pit is produced by Ryan Boozer-Johnson and Seth Chapman. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect the views of RMJ Media Incorporated. This is Ginger, coming to you from the depths of the movie pit. If you're looking for a podcast that's as twisted and as thrilling as my own harrowing tale, then you've got to tune into the Unknown Podcast. Seth Chapman, the co-creator behind the Movie Pit Podcast, brings you a podcast that will send shivers down your spine and keep you on the edge of your seat. It's a journey into the unknown, just like my own desperate attempt to escape the clenches of Boozer, Aptagulila, and Mona Hanks. So if you're ready to dive into the darkness, uncover secrets, and experience the thrill of the unknown, then don't miss the unknown caught past. But be warned, once you hit play, there's no turning back, the unknown is calling.